Hello and welcome to The Cast of Us, a podcast dedicated to The Last of Us on HBO and brought to you by the Fan Critical Podcast Network. We are back very shortly after our uh, hot take. We've literally had a sleep, we've slept on it, and we're back with our deep dive review, full review and spoiler cast, of The Last of Us Episode 3, titled Long, Long Time. Now, joining me this week, I'm very happy to say we have a full clan of survivors. Um, Firstly, a man who genuinely I could see as a prepper of sorts, but mainly stockpiling booze or craft beers, um, but whose survivalist skills will leave much to be desired. It's John. You all right, mate? Cheers for that. It's all right. Don't worry about it. But you would hoard all of the beers. Mm. And don't worry, listeners, uh, we said last week that he went missing, uh, but we did send out a hunting party and lost little meek Gareth was found and is mm. now being fed canned goods to build his strength back mm. up. Hello, Gareth. I'll make the point again. It was your fault that I wasn't, <laughs> that I wasn't here last week. So, well, that. thanks. Listeners can decide what they want to believe of that, Gareth. We've mm. just had to rescue you again in the wilderness just getting sick of it to be honest with you survivor all right i think it's time we we deep dive is into it? this episode I, like I, literally the last thing i did last night was talk about this show <laughs> yeah and now i'm up at stupid o'clock it's yeah. the first thing i'm talking about today yeah that's right i might i might skip this week actually yeah, yeah right no, see you later mate skipping it so yeah yeah um no you're right gareth the last thing we did do before we went to bed was this um but Ooh. we're back is it definitely the last thing you did before you went to bed? <laughs> well, you you calmed down over there, John. You're trying to get a little peek into my private life. Jesus. Yes. Stop peeking. Speaking of John, um, he wasn't in the hot take. Mm. And I am fascinated to hear what he has to say about this episode. The episode three Good. is titled Long, Long Time. Um, can you please give us your thoughts on the episode and, of course, your delicious blueberry score? Should we go straight in with a bloob? You do what you need to do, mate. It's your roller coaster. Uh, do it. I think I'm going to upset both of you, actually. Boo. I can never tell if he's serious when he says this. Uh, go on. Yeah, look right. at you all worried. <laughs> no, I can, Here we go. I can never tell if he's serious. I'm always like, oh, I, yeah. I look at his little face on the camera and I'm looking at him. He's, he's doing that Simon Cowell thing. I think he's doing the Simon Cowell mm. thing. Well, because I'm not wearing any trousers. No, that's... That's only alleged with Simon Cow. Um, don't sue us. <laughs> but it's proven with you. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Fact. Uh, look, I mean, it's a five bloob episode, isn't it? I think. Um, mm. But but again, like, and I know both of you are going to score it five bloob. Spoiler. You should go back and be embarrassed that some of the fives that you gave House of the Dragon. I knew this honestly, was coming. I knew this was coming. Yeah. He loves just John. Just can never just say it's a five. It's not really. Episode. It's not really Gaz. It's time. mainly you, to be honest. Yeah. You know, you. He always likes to have a dig. Yeah. It's like, oh, this was a wonderful commute into work today. Five bloobs. Oh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jokes on you. I work from home these days. It's, see, it's a five bloob, bloob episode. Um, I don't know if I enjoyed it though. Weird, right? I just—that is weird. It drained me. It was—I I know uh, quite a lot of the takes from this episode are that it's, you know, it's a happy episode, isn't it? You know, it isn't way, really. Yep. Um, isn't it? Well, <sighs> uh, it worries me for the rest of the season for you, John. This, I'm telling you now. <laughs> This is the happiest it's going to get, mate. No, I, 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 I get that. You know, if um, look, if their relationship had taken place over seven seasons, then maybe I'd be a bit like, oh, do you know what? <laughs> They've had some time. It's one episode, man. I, I, I tell you what, I'll compare it to, and this might be a spoiler for people that haven't seen uh, the movie Up, but I mean, the first ten minutes of Up is I think it's, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's probably yeah. like the best 10 minutes of 
animation or however long it is of animation that Pixar have done. Um, but you know, I'm not sitting there going, "Oh, that ten minutes was brilliant." I'll watch that again. No, it's sad, isn't it? Rest of the film's good, though, isn't it? Yeah, the rest of the film, rest of the film's brilliant, good, though, isn't it? Um, I mean, but that is the peak, though. That is like, you know, that's art, that's cinema, as Scorsese would mm-hmm. say, or as the meme would say. Um, but but think about why that's sad. Think about why it's sad. That um, I don't want to spoil up. Um, so I'm not going to say specifically, but there's a very key thing in Up that's very different to the ending of this episode. Well, sorry, not the ending of this episode, the ending of their of, of Bill and Frank's story mm. that um, that Up doesn't have that uh, that that makes this a complete circle of a story. You know? Yeah. No, I I, I get that, um, but you know. All right, well, let, let's put it this way. It's a lot of barrel of laughs this episode. You know, I wasn't pissing myself halfway through. I wasn't going, wee, not, not what a fun episode. This is the episode. Hey. Yeah, this is the episode where they go to <laughs> Thorpe Park or Alton Towers, either one, whoever wants to send us free tickets. Um, Dream World, I think they call it in Australia, maybe. Mm. Um, you know, it, so it's... Gold Coast, if you're ever yeah, visiting. Yeah, in the Gold Coast, yeah. Um, so, it, I mean, it's just a... Uh, do you know what? It's a wonderful episode. How about that? Yep. Nice. Lovely. Stick that on Lovely a poster. John. Um, mm. And also, I'll I tell you what it has done for me. I, I've always been fairly adamant that I'd blow my brains out if uh, if there was a zombie apocalypse. Because I'm just like, I can't be asked when it is. Yep. But, yep. I mean, that bit where he's, you know, he's claimed his little town. Mm. Yeah. Um, And he's... I mean, I was mainly looking at the alcohol that he was stockpiling and thinking that would be good fun, actually. What a, what a way to go that would be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, may, maybe I'd do that instead. Maybe I'd... There's hope for John yet. Yeah. May, maybe I'd hole up in a... I'd probably have to do it when I go to Australia because it's not quite the same yeah. in in the UK. But, yeah, maybe I'd hole up in a town somewhere um, and just wait for some guy to fall in a trap and then I'd be like, all right, well... We're in love now. And he'd be like, what do you mean? Can you let me out of here, please? Um, Have you not seen Last of Us episode three? Or is this, is, is this happening? No, I haven't. I've come here to steal all your stuff. All right, okay. Well, put your pants back on. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, a wonderful episode um, and one that genuinely choked me up a, a couple of times. It was certainly not, it's not what I was expecting from a Nick Offerman performance. No, no. Yeah, but it's brilliant. Um, so yeah, five bloobs. Lovely. Gareth, uh, you did a hot take. You had some sleep. What has that sleep changed about your opinion, if anything? <laughs> Nothing, because I've had about five hours sleep. It's um, yeah. not enough. Yeah. Um, no, I, I still love it. Um, if anything, I love it even more. It's, mm. I think, you know, I said yesterday, I said last night that um, it's one of the best episodes or uh, I don't know if that's quite true. One of the best episodes. It's an episode of TV that I personally have enjoyed the most um, <laughs> in a long time. What's the time. difference? Like I, I, I can't. Well, the difference <laughs> is, the difference is that there can be, I mean, this is still an excellently constructed episode of television um but i just i'm not i'm not willing to make that claim at this point i haven't thought about it deeply enough (laughs) i'm just saying for me on a personal level i just loved watching this episode and Mm. i did enjoy it and i think i think you've got a you've got to look at a, a love story and be like right what is the ultimate aim of this what is a happy ending because everyone dies in the end and you know, <laughs> if somebody manages to live forever, is that even a happy ending? You know, mm. that's, if someone manages to that. live forever, no, that would be horrendous. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So, what do you want from a story other than somebody who was living for themselves, had had no drive or real purpose? Um, 
I, I mean, I'm, I am with you, John. That <laughs> that did look fun for for Bill mm. um, the first few years. Um, I'd be fucked. I, I was thinking that. I was like, this would be so much fun. I would not have a clue what I'm doing, though, and I'd immediately plug the wrong pipe into something and blow myself <laughs> up. Um, yeah. But, um, but you know, he's there, he's, he's surviving, and he discovers love, enjoys a, a pretty special, you know, 20 years or so, um, and then goes out on his own terms. What what could be a happier ending in a world like this, you know? Yeah. So I think mm. it is a I think it is a happy story. Um and and it's so well it's so well told. Um mm. and yeah, you know, I, I I'm not gonna go into details yet, but I loved it so much and it's absolutely a five blueberry, but but I think I would watch that again. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Like very soon. I I'm not definitely. um yeah. <laughs> Gotta go to work then, eh? <laughs> All right, well I'm gonna agree with you both and you know, spoiler warning, it's fi- it's a five blue episode. What? Um John, people have laughed at what you said last week to me, which is um Len's just gonna give every episode five bloobs. Um wow. so far you're right. Yeah. So I don't I have no defense. Well, I really, mean, to be let's be, be fair. You, you were you were making the comparison to his five bloobs in House of the Dragon. Remember, he gave Thor, Love and Thunder, three bloobs. <laughs> that is disgusting. It was disgusting. It is a two bloob mm. movie. In in hindsight, it is awful. I mean, he gave Rise of Skywalker four bloobs. I mean, fucking hell. Yeah, well, that's that's shameful. <laughs> Sorry, that is shameful. Um, there's a couple of things going on here. I I will say that I'm obviously you know, probably the most hardcore video game fan or fan of the game out of the three of us. In the world, John. Definitely. In, but maybe in the world, actually, Gareth. Um, challenge me, if you will, um, <laughs> listeners. But uh, so I'm, I'm coming at it from sort of a video game perspective. And there was a part of me, and I said this in the hot take halfway through, it was a bit gutted that we're not going to get the alien build dynamic because it's a decent part of the game. Um, and I was quite looking forward to it. Um, but the character of Bill is like so much more interesting and realised in the show than he is in the game. Um, the relationship between Bill and Frank is essentially hinted at, at the, uh, but the end of their story, in my opinion, is horrible. It's filled with anger, uh, rage, um, and I'll talk about that more in Clicker Corner because it's, it's very mm. interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Um but this story is way more powerful. It's a love story, like in a little oasis in the middle of an apocalypse, right? And um, I thought the acting was stunning. I've already talked about Nick Offerman in the in the hot take and how basically he is just Ron Swanson, but Ron Swanson is very well suited to <laughs> to this situation. This is like this is like an amazing Parks and Rec spinoff, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> The production values are magnificent. The music, we talked about it in the hot take, but fuck me, it's just so fucking good. Um, and although their story like unfolds differently in the show, we essentially get the same outcome that we do in the game. At least now we have a little bit of hope and like light early on uh, in the adventure instead of just the trudge and like the horrible reality that this world constantly gives us. And, you know, mm. you know, Bear with me, listeners, it's going to get dark. Um, But yeah, it's nice to have something this early on because we've had a couple of, you know, moments where your heart gets ripped out a bit. And this rips (laughs) your heart out as well. He's ripped my heart out a bit. It's a bit ripped my heart out. (laughs) (laughs) But this this hits you in the feels as well. But at least this time... Hits you in the feels as well. Fucking hell. I think this this leaves you with... uh, a good taste in your mouth rather than, oh, you know. Boys. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I can't give it anything less than a five. This is the best episode of the season. Will it be the best episode of the show? I don't know. I For me, I don't think so because I'm really excited about some <laughs> of the things that are coming up. Um, so I can't say at this point, but John, you were right. I'm giving everything a five because I can't not, apparently. 
I don't have it in me to give a four or less. No, obviously not. Um, I also said last week, do we think that every episode is going to have a major character death? And I mean, so far. That's right, you did, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh, I, I sort of know where episode four is going. I'm not going to say a word. To be honest, because that well, would be a spoiler. So, well, we'll I mean, say a couple of words. Will, podcast. I will say more words yet, but not about that <laughs> subject matter. Thank you, John. You know, I think um, this this episode does it effectively. But is it really a major character if they're if they're introduced in that episode and then killed off? Yeah, true. Um, Good I point. We got we've got two major mean? characters now, essentially. <laughs> well, I know, and but I mean, there's more than two would episodes. You consider so his daughter to be a major character. She's in one episode. Yes. Dead. Yeah. In yeah. She's in twenty minutes. Yeah. yeah. Very good performance from Nico, as we've already said. Anyway, uh, we're gonna have a quick advert, but before we do that, and our scene by scene breakdown, uh, we have a new Patreon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huzzah. Uh That's a cool name. Of course, good name. Anyone can join us. <laughs> anyone can join our Patreon. You go to patreon.com forward slash critical. So feel free to go to that. Uh, I want to say thank you to Seven Ketzer for joining the club. Um you're a legend. And they've been listening since the old uh, Watchmen days. So how about that, lads? That's, that was the glory times. Um, during the Watchmen days. All right. We just, well, we're having the fun yeah. now. Shit, this now. is also glory. So. This is also glory, but it's, it's, it, was, it was a different show to cover. I don't know how to describe Watchmen. If you haven't seen Watchmen, go watch it. It's fantastic. Not the film. The film is good, but go watch the HBO show. Mm. That's also very good. Um but thank you for all your support, Seven. I'll save your thoughts and your request for our feedback section uh, later Ooh. in the episode because yeah, you'll like that, lads. You'll like that. So please, stick please, around. can John take his top off and take a photo <laughs> of himself? Okay, not another one of them. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I think that's worth more than five dollars, isn't it? Yes, definitely. It's a tenner. <laughs> tenner. Tenner a month. For John's that. a tenner, which is about uh, fourteen dollars. Yeah, Get so, your wangers anyway. out for a tenner. Why are you saying that? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. um, like I said, you can also join the Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical. Get access to some bonus content. And if you <laughs> want to feature in our feedback section, you can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. All of these links are in the show notes on the podcast right now. Just click them. Easy. Uh, now time for a quick musical interlude and an ad break. After that, we'll be back with the scene by scene breakdown. See you on the other side. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Okay, let's jump into it then. Um, straight in, we see Joel by a river, 10 miles outside of Boston, as he makes uh, a cairn or grave in memory of Tess. Mm. Ellie confronts him and says this is not her fault. Then they search Cumberland Farms for some supplies Joel stashed there. Ellie sees an infected human, uh, roughly about the stalker stage, and is fascinated by it before stabbing it in the head. Yeah. Mm. Disgusting. Good call. Yeah. Um, just quickly, this this would mean nothing to listeners, but it would mean something to the two of you. 
Don't you think right. the area that they were walking around is a lot like John, your father-in-law's <laughs> place in the middle of yeah. nowhere? Yeah, yeah. Reminded me massively of that. Yeah. yeah, me, Gaz, and John went and stayed in the woods together. Um, and did a podcast on it. Yeah, we we did. That is where we recorded a live podcast, mm. an Australian live podcast. Oh God. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was very fun. Yes. Didn't sound like that. Um, it's fine. Yeah. Didn't sound like that the whole time yet. Um, I thought Joel making a grave for Tess was needed. I thought we needed to see him grieve a little bit. Really thought. In his own little way. You were going to say it was neat. I was like, why is he saying that? <laughs> was very neat. But was it needed? It was very neat, uh, though. I think it needed more for the the viewer, no? Like, you want some sort of signal that he's grieving. Yeah. Because otherwise... Yeah, that's right. I mean... I'm not having a go at Pedro Pascal at all, but <clears throat> at the moment, uh, he's certainly for people that haven't played the game, his performance uh, as Joel is very one note at the moment. It's obviously going to turn into something Stoic. much better than that. But Yeah, there's glimpses into him not being that one note, though. It's like at the moment the shackles are on. Uh, <laughs> it's just waiting for those shackles to yeah, come I was, off. I don't remember oh, that. You know what I mean? But, yeah. <laughs> there was a good, good little moment though, you know, where where Ellie's like, "That's a, that wasn't my fault," and basically says, "You you can't blame me for it," and mm. he doesn't say anything, but he does he does give he does do a little nod, just a little nod, and mm. that's um, yeah, a little nod. That's good. That's like yeah, you know, it doesn't want to make a big deal of it, but he's like, "Yeah, you probably have a point." Cheers. <laughs> um, <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Here's an interesting little fact. <laughs> little fact for you boys. Um, Cumberland Farms is an actual store in the US. So US listeners will be going, yeah, obviously, but it's an actual, actual store. Kind of sounds quite English. Cumberland Farms, Sausages. isn't it? Yeah. It's very, yeah. We love a Cumberland sausage. <laughs> do us Brits? Yeah. It's not a euphemism. I wish or I had some in. Maybe it is in the in the fridge right now. Mm. I don't. <laughs> That's definitely well, a euphemism. Yeah. John, can you show us your Cumberland sausage uh, for five dollars, please? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe Pedro Pascal is so used to wearing a mask that he just. Good point. Yeah. So he's kind of like, well, don't even need to do acting in the other show where I definitely get more money. I don't even have to act. So. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he does get more money true. for doing the Mandalorian. He must do, surely. You reckon he gets more money for doing Mando than? Yeah, Last I don't. Of I don't want anyone to do uh, any research ooh, on it. HBO, but, you know, listeners versus Disney. Yeah. I would say yes, he does because he's in season three now, and it's such a hit. Obviously, Last of Us is now a hit, but uh, when he signed on, it wasn't. Mm. So that'll be interesting. Um, <laughs> we'll discuss the little arcade machine in Clicker Corner, won't we? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, um, yeah, bloody lovely little tidbits for you there. So stick around, mm. dear listeners, where we give all the Easter egg references uh, from the game in Clicker Corner. Uh, so Ellie and Joel continue their hike to Bill and Frank's, where they see a crashed plane and then a mass grave. Joel d- begins to describe what happened to a lot of people after the QZ zones were set up, explaining that if they were full, villages, towns and suburbs were rounded up and mass executed. Lovely, isn't it? Just a nice little... More lovely stuff going on. Well, I mean, you boys yeah. are saying it's a barrel of laughs this episode, so what do you mean? Yeah, that's true. Gaz was like, like really saying that. Mm. I said it was pretty <laughs> funny. So, yeah. Um, this wasn't this wasn't the funniest bit of the episode. <laughs> I will say that. No, no. <laughs> yeah. um, before we get on to the mass graves, because I know we're all <laughs> itching to talk about that. Um, the uh, the flower theory, John confirmed. Said it to Gareth. Yeah, pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, I heard you. You know, delighted about it on the hot take. I, I had to skip that bit. Yeah, like, like, oh guys, did you hear about that flower theory? Yeah. Oh, they've confirmed yeah, it. I'm not listening to Len claim a theory that he looked up on Reddit ten minutes before a fucking podcast. Like, go away, honestly. No, <laughs> no, that's not what happened, listeners. Listeners, that is not what happened. <laughs> I came up with the theory. Right? Yeah. Um, Reddit copied him. Yeah. Yeah, actually. exactly. I was banned from Reddit, so don't even go there. <laughs> anyway. 
Um, and that sounds bad. It makes it sound like I've made some bad comments. Yeah. I genuinely didn't. Well, well, why have you got a life banned? <laughs> I've been banned. You kept asking to see people's chipilatas, mate. <laughs> My account was banned. And I tell you to this day, it's one of the biggest injustices I've ever seen. Anyway. Excessive usage of Cumberland. Sir, we've asked you to stop asking for people's Cumberlands. <laughs> What? <laughs> R slash Cumberland. <laughs> that was my main thread. Um, I thought it was funny when they said uh, that it's not spread by monkeys. I was like, well, that's a cheeky dig at 28 days later and 12 monkeys. Mm. So yeah. slagging them off, <laughs> if anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unnecessary. It was literally... It was such a slag off. I couldn't believe it. I was like, slag off. Such um, a slag off. What a slag off. Have you heard this slag off recently? A weird turn of phrase, that is. <laughs> yeah, American listeners, that's what us Brits say. No, um, we don't. From time to time. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. All right. Well, I thought the mass grave thing, moving on to something cheery, uh, was just. So grim. Um, and then we see in the flashback coming up that it was a mother and a baby. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, you know it was a great transition. Uh, John, you probably hate the timestamp. But. Um, oh, there's more coming, mate. Mm. There's more coming. So. Yeah. Um, 14 days I later. Was, I thought it was a very effective. Pointless. <laughs> it was a very effective transition. And the transition mm. even made us fucking emotional for fuck's sake when we see the mother and the baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you didn't even notice earlier, did you? I thought in the hot take you said you didn't notice that it was the I mother did. and baby. I did. Gaz, yeah, Gaz was talking about a scarf or something. I don't know. I was delirious at that time <laughs> at night. What? What are you talking? This is not. This is nonsense. <laughs> we both noticed it. What? Why are you trying to throw me under the bus? We spoke about it last night and said how yeah. brutal it was. Yeah, and I was I like, know. thank God we didn't see it, that go any further. That's true. Yeah, that's enough. Maybe that's John's what it was. making shit up. Maybe that's what it but was. Yes. John's not listening. John's not listening properly to the hot takes. I mean, I mean you, you've just agreed with me. What are you talking about? You could have corrected me. <laughs> Bizarre, <laughs> you hell. haven't listened. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I've lost it as well. <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on. So this is 2003, uh, where these people are being rounded up and tra- uh, for transportation to the QZ. Uh, Bill watches on from his secret bunker below his basement. Mm. Um, I've written here immediately love Nick Offerman as soon as he said not today you new world order jack offs mm. or whatever he said that was yeah, great yeah out of order wasn't it um, <laughs> yeah yeah I loved it I just thought that's so good um, and that was the first Ron Swanson line of the show and there'll be more of them um, Bill Coincidentally, he's been training for this his whole life. Uh, he sets his plans into action, getting every ounce of fuel that he can, all tools from the hardware store, wine from the liquor store or the fine wine store. He then sets up traps and a peri- perimeter around the town. It is now Bill's Town. Mm. Nod to the game there. Bill's Town. Isn't that like a killer's album? It does sound like a killer's album. Yeah. Sam's Town, Gary. <coughs> Sam's, Sam's Town. town. Similar, yeah. though, it's a killer's album. Second album, mm. yeah, kind of good, not as good as their first. So, well, first things first, John. Um, fuck me, did you see how cheap that petrol was? Well, beautiful, yes. I mean, take us back to those times <laughs> because I'll tell you something right now, as we all know, the fuel crisis, fucking hell, nightmare, mm. nightmare, mate. Over here in Australia, it's actually pretty affordable, but when I was back in the UK, unbelievable, mate. <laughs> We're talking like. What are we talking at the moment? Like three dollars a fucking liter? Unbelievable! Can't, yes. can't stand it. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess we need some sort of apocalypse for you know free petrol. Yeah. Then it's like, oh yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea, John. Yeah. Let's Don't have to pay start for this. that. Everyone's dead. Um, I did. I did kind of think here that it feels like these montages um, are bread and butter for any sort of zombie apocalypse show or film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a rite of passage. Um, I w- the most famous ones that come to mind is like Dawn of the Dead mm. in the shopping mall when they, you know, just... That is a very cool scenario, so definitely... Definitely, uh, yeah. ...warrants it. Um, there's also like... 
28 Days Later, they even do it, and they do it in, like, fucking Walking Dead. I'm sure there's probably multiple mon- montages in The Walking Dead of this sort of shit. Yeah. I think the difference with Dawn of the Dead, and they go to a massive shopping mall, and it's, like, yeah, brilliant. They've got access yeah. to so much stuff. And then in 28 Days Later, I think they go to, like, some shit little supermarket. Convenience store. Oh, fucking hell. An off-license. An off yeah. Oh, look, I've got Carry some shot. ham that's out of date. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. the world's worst shopping spree. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like an Iceland or something. Depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would be your boy's first port of call in this sort of situation? Out of curiosity. Um, shop, go get some beer. Yes. <laughs> no. No. Well, look, I'd, I don't know, probably go to uh, a B&Q. So B&Q is a hardware store. Yeah. Uh, get some rope and hang myself, probably. <laughs> Fucking no, hell. But what are you doing afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> no, so I would... Uh, I probably would go to a hardware store just to find some... Not rope again, come on. No, just to find <laughs> something that I can use as a weapon. Because, you know, like yeah. Australia... In the UK, no guns. Yeah. No guns. Well, that's it, yeah. So you go to like a Bunnings in... Uh, Bunnings, is that a hardware store? That's in... right, yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously in America, you just... You go to your... What, what, like, I don't know, a 7-Eleven probably or... <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Let's be out. honest. Walmart. Probably, go to no, Walmart. Walmart. You know, but I'm, yeah, definitely a Walmart. You buy anything in a Walmart, but I'd imagine you just... Honestly. That's true. I mean, you just go to your neighbor's house and there's like a missile launcher there or something, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah, feel free to I will say, correct me if I'm wrong, American uh, yeah. listeners. But No, no. Uh, an apocalypse in America compared to the UK would be a very, very different situation. Mm. It, I've said this before. We would literally have the Shaun of the Dead cricket bat situation. Yeah. That would be our weapon, for fuck's sake. Yeah. You know? So it's It's even hard to find baseball bats. Like... We were genuinely relying yeah, it genuinely on is, yeah. oak cricket bat like breaks after three yeah. uses. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Tennis racket might even be an option. Mm. I'm just thinking out loud here, Squash. but they're so tennis rackets these days are made of like carbon. But golf, so just a golf club, would that be would that be helpful? Scott? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe a, a driver, but I reckon that's only got a couple of hits in it. Anyway, mm. we digress. Yeah. Um he gathers all the gear for his traps, fences himself off, but what is he living for, lads? Yeah, that's what I've written here. What is he's, he living well, for? I mean, he's just existing, isn't he? He's not living. He's existing. Oh, very good, John. That's nice, that. Mm. It's quite quite uh, philosophical from you, Yeah, in a way. Well. Uh, well, let's fast forward four years to 2007. And someone falls into one of Bill's traps and falls into his heart. He begs for his <laughs> life and some food. Bill reluctantly lets him in. Did you write that lets down? Let's him shower. No, I didn't actually. I just riffed on that. Uh, let's him shower and then treats him to some rabbit and a glass of Beaujolais. After dinner, Frank spies a piano and plays Linda Ronstadt. Long, long time. For Bill. Bill disapproves and then plays the song in a much more pleasing and delightful manner. <laughs> Frank then asks which girl he was singing about, to which Bill responds, no girl. And Bill and Frank's relationship begins. Yep. You make it sound like it was like an interaction between two Sims characters. <laughs> yeah, I know. One of them's playing the piano. The other one disapproves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why is the piano on fire? Gareth strikes me as a kind of maniac that would play the Sims and build the house with no windows or doors and just trap them in there. <laughs> no, Aimless, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I would do. do. Do you, you could do things like um, give them a piano, have them sit down and play it, then pause the game, remove yeah. the piano, and then they're like, "What the fuck's happening?" It confuses the shit out. Of <laughs> you are a psychopath, my friend. A psychopath. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I've got to say, like when I when I watched it, I was a bit like. That bit felt like it moved quite quickly. Like it did, it did. It, I mean, it's. But what's the point of? This is two thousand three you know, in America. You know, 
I think 2007. Oh, at sorry, this point. 2007. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a massive difference. Um, <laughs> quite. I don't know. I mean, he's the guy's got some front to come in and eat some food and then have some of your finest wine, sit there and start playing a piano that belongs to your dead mum or whatever it was. Terribly yeah. as well. And then he's like, well, no, you are yeah. shit at this. This is how you're supposed to do it. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Must get all the girls with all that music, innit? He's like, yeah, not really. No. Well, not not girls. <laughs> uh, and then he kisses him. That's, that's a bit quick, isn't it? No, no, I was just going to say, I think he knows quite soon that he's um, that he's homosexual. I'm pretty certain that Bill what? G- gives that away. <laughs> Gives, gives that away mean? very early on in their interactions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right between the um, lines. Um I mean right between the lines. Yeah. He, I think I think also Frank has got like an effervescent personality, doesn't he? And he does. Speeds things along because he's just got this <laughs> like energy. He has got an energy. Uh Frank played by Murray Bartlett, who you may know from White Lotus. He plays Armand. Um and he is very charming. And very disarming in in that, and in this he is also the same. He's very yeah. charming, very disarming. Um, the complete sort of opposite to Bill, who is this solitary character who obviously can't express himself or has never been able to express himself. And now here comes this character in the apocalypse who who can, who's who's out there, who's you know, and he, and Bill can finally let his walls down because the rest of the world isn't there to judge him. You know? I think it's more of a it's, fence, isn't it? <laughs> fence. Yeah. yeah, don't do that. I like, we'll stay in here and do stuff, but let's be safe when we're doing it. Obviously. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. good point. Need yeah, a good go fence. On. Go have yeah. a shower. I'll be in a sec. Go yeah. have a shower. Yeah, go have a shower. Go Please on. have a shower. Everyone in the show needs to have a shower. Yeah, you stink, mate. I was thinking when you were playing that stinks. piano, I was like, oh, you look cute. And then uh, I've obviously kissed you in that. Um, you stink, mate. So if you go and have a shower, yeah. you do stink. <laughs> um, yeah. Mate, yeah. Len, do you remember? Do you remember Len and I did a, a oh. five-day bus journey in South America? We did. Um, where we literally were on, <laughs> we slept on the bus every one of those nights, every day. Oh my god, the shower that we had after that together was incredible. Yeah, beautiful, lovely, lovely shower. Um. <laughs> I thought Bill's rendition of the song was uh, was lovely, and it reminds me of my potential with the piano, as I've Definitely discussed not. on this podcast before. Um, obviously, that was my lockdown passion uh, and has stopped now, but what could have been for my fledgling piano career? We can only wonder. Passion. He tried to learn one song and was not very good at learning that one song. <laughs> Come on. Well, actually, passion, I learned several songs, John. So yeah. I just didn't send them all to you because <laughs> I knew what you're like. Very judgmental, see? This is what yeah, happens. You're like, you can you guess what song down. this is? Listen to this. I'm like, no. Just sounds like a mad man Twinkle, Twinkle, Little keys. Star again. Yeah. Rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Or is it Bar Bar Black Sheep? He learned Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Bar Bar Black Sheep. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. two. Yeah. Um, and then both no, of them is a medley. You, <laughs> <laughs> you, may, you may have had potential as a piano player, Len. I'll, I will give you that. But... Yeah. There is no potential there for your singing, is there? No, unfortunately not. Mm. Not unless I get lessons. Um, but I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not that mm. fast. <laughs> I don't think it works that way, mate. <laughs> it does. Let's move on. Uh, in 2010, so we skip forward three years. Uh, Frank and Bill are having a domestic about making friends outside their little secluded world. Frank puts his foot down and says that he's contacted Tess and Joel and has invited them to a lovely dinner in the yard. Frank sets up that they'll be working with each other, smuggling and trading. Joel then warns Bill that raiders will come soon and to be ready. Mm. Um, mm. This feels kind of like the argument that the Bill and Frank of the game would have had with each other. Um, uh, but the Bill in the in the show is much kinder and more understanding, I've written here. Um We'll get onto the Bill in the game later on, but he's a very abrasive, very closed-off character, and it feels mm. like these events never, you know, warmed his heart or you know softened him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I have a question for you all. Uh, why 
wouldn't Joel and Tess? And I'm this is a genuine question. I'm I'm confused about Stay. why wouldn't why wouldn't Joel and Tess push to move into Bill's town? Yeah. I mean, it's a bit rude. It's so much it? nicer than. He's got rude. a whole fucking town, bro. He's got like this is his town's I know, huge. But I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's, uh, I'm sure there's people's houses that you've gone to and gone. It's quite nice here, actually. I'm I'm quite impressed. Quite a big house and that. Do you use that <laughs> spare room, do you? Or uh, yeah, it's the apocalypse, mate. You know, I can tell you now. Even in an apocalypse, go get your own house. <laughs> like this is my house. Definitely not. That'd be so rude. Plus, they're not really like that, are they? They're rogues, you know? They're like the littlest hobo. They go from town to town. Yeah, I just think that Boston QZ is just so depressing, and to go back there just feels weird to me. It, I, I genuinely feel like Tess would have been pushing to stay. Because from their perspective, they could be offering protection as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's fair enough that Bill is the protector, and I get that, but then... Joel and Tess could have been the protectors as well. I mean, it just, it just, <laughs> anyway, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Anyway. This town now has three protectors. <laughs> and one uh, furniture restoration man. <laughs> just what we need. One gardener and one furniture restoration man. That's his job. That's Frank's job. He does it fantastically, I will mm, say. Yeah. Um, however, raiders do attack at night. Uh, Bill's traps basically melt a lot of them. Uh, but Bill is caught with a bullet to the gut. Frank tends to Bill's wounds, but we are unsure as to whether he will pull through. Um, Joel said it would happen, and I'm surprised, to be honest with you, that Raiders took, at this point, seven uh, seven years to... Um, or ten years. Took ten years to attack. Yeah, and did they only ever get attacked once in that entire time? Come on. Um, well... Up to See, that point, yes. We don't know that. There could have been. There could have been more. There's a poster in the background that's like we've been attacked seven times in the last. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Days yeah. since last attack, and then there's like the chalk <laughs> scratchings. Yeah. Why have we like got this you poster? Town? Town? It's just us two. Why would we? The raiders were quite faceless. Like. Yeah. I feel like it would have. And look, that might be deliberate, but I don't know. Would it hit home a little bit more if they, you know, if, like if they were being attacked by like you know young adults, like you know, yeah, I Cause, think because when it's like a generic it's a, bad man one, it's so like, well, okay, yeah, he's evil, isn't it? But yeah, I think what's going to be interesting is um, looking at next week's previews. And I know the section of the game that's coming up. They are going to try, I think, to put a face to uh, another group of attackers potentially next week. I don't think there was necessarily time to do it here, but I think they're going to. Let's put it this way: I think that that there's going to be some antagonistic characters next week (laughs) who. I think they will try and flesh it out a bit more, if you get what I mean. Very mysterious. So we'll see how that goes. Mysterious, yes. Very mysterious. (laughs) Um, Yeah. All right. So we didn't know whether Bill was going to make it, but we then flash forward 10 years uh, to essentially present day in the story. Uh, We see that Bill survived, but it's actually Frank that has deteriorated the most. He has some form of cancer, we assume, and is now bound to a wheelchair. Frank asks Bill for one last day together, where they marry, have a wonderful dinner, and then he euthanizes him with his medication. Bill reluctantly accepts to do it, but decides he also wants to commit suicide, saying his life has been fulfilled by Frank. Yeah, and then he goes, let me stick this music on from Arrival, because that's... Exactly, and just talking about that, John, this track, In the Nature of Daylight... um, is an absolutely stunning, stunning piece of music by Max Richter. It's playing right now in the background. Um, it probably makes our podcast seem very beautiful and yet tragic at the same time because yeah. it is one of those pieces of music that affects me. You know, there's certain tracks that just affect affect you. Like whenever you, you hear it, it just 
breaks you or makes you back think about something. Alright. <laughs> um this piece of music, whenever I hear it, and I've used it in a couple of um short things that I've worked on before in the past. Uh, it's very effective. <laughs> and uh yeah. I I can't stop thinking about this song. Mm. Um and it, and it really elevated this whole sequence for me. Oh, and John, see. you mentioned Arrival. Mm. I, I think its use in Arrival is very similar. The narrative, what it's used for in Arrival, and I won't spoil Arrival, is very similar to what's going on here about life and the purpose of it and what is the purpose of living. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a beautiful um, use of the track. I'd be interested to know if the showrunners have seen Arrival. I'm sure they probably have. And I <laughs> have used it for that reason. John, well, really? See, I'm going to upset you here. I think it was a fucking cop-out to use that, to be honest. Like, I mean, I it's used John in everything he, he now. Is. Like, in Arrival, I think that's probably the peak of its usage. It's, I mean, it's a beautiful, you know, British yeah. composer. Yeah. So good on him. Um, yeah, seen him live a few times. Very good. But, uh, Very good. yeah, just doing a local pub or something. Very depressing night this is, um, but uh, it's just it's hour. too. <laughs> no, I don't want two drinks. Two to for one cocktails. Um, Welcome to Weather Spoons, everyone. Um, I'm just going to play this song now. <laughs> Stop playing that. He's here every night. Um, I just think it's too like when that when it hits, it's like oh yeah, it's that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, mm. stop using it too much now. Like, Are you telling well, me to stop using it in my I'm work as well, you John? To stop, you definitely saying? tell you to stop yeah. using it. Yeah, but no one sees your work said, anyway, so it doesn't matter. But What do you mean? <laughs> I, I, um, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with you, John, but I did say yesterday in the hot take that um, I wondered... Like at the time, I was like, oh, this is like I'm feeling emotional. I, wonder, I wondered if it was the the episode so far and the construction of it and everything that's gone into it, the characterization, the narrative, or whether it was just that piece of music, which does it kind of on its own anyway. And, and maybe with you saying that kind of reflecting a little bit, maybe that is, um, it's not ideal, is it? That even having that thought almost kind of takes away from the, Mm. um, the beauty of the episode yeah um but well, I, I, mean, I think it worked for me I, I think I, I think the story i think it supplements the story very well now obviously i said the music always gets me and it does but i think the the cinematography in this sequence is absolutely fucking stunning like and just the imagery used um so I, i'm all for it i thought it was great but you know that's Different horses, different courses, John. No, but I again, I you don't want to compare how depressed you feel when you watch certain scenes. And again, we're not going to spoil Arrival, but um, I don't know. It just it, it it almost feels like that song was written for that film. Obviously, it wasn't much older. Um, but with this, it was like as soon as it hit, I was like, "All oh, right, that's the song from Arrival." Like you don't you don't want to be taken out of the moment like that. Like when he's playing the piano, I genuinely I was choked up when he was playing the piano. I was like, "What the fuck am I doing here? Like, why is this so effective?" Mm. Big Lind- Linda Ronstadt fan, are you? <laughs> let's not let's not go down that that alley again. Um, yeah, like I don't know, I don't know. I've put here Bill committing suicide is a complete contrast to him at the start. Happy to survive on his own, um, closed himself off, but now he can't be alone mm. i thought that was a lovely little story mm. little little turn you know a little turnaround for the character and and, I ha- and i've written here a happy ending um because i think so i think this is the happiest moment we're going to get in the show in the show really guys i don't know what you think about that i mean there is one other moment i could think about and i didn't expect this to be a happy episode um but i've i, I leave this episode with a, a bit of hope you know what i mean mm Yes. Well, I mean, it comes back to that existing and then, and then living, and he's lived. So now he's like, all right. Well, that's it. I don't need to be here anymore. Yeah. 
life fulfilled for him his life has been fulfilled by frank mm. um and, and like i said i was a bit shocked um that bill was gonna uh commit suicide here because that is a, di- a difference in the game this is this is completely different and that was the moment when i was like oh fucking hell they're just getting rid of the whole joel ellie and bill situation because mm. originally when we were getting to this point where frank wanted to kill himself i was a bit like next episode's going to be you know them in bill's town but it's not they just fucking got rid of it which is a bold bold move i'm sure some people who love the video game are are going to be disappointed um speaking of joel and ellie uh they arrive at bill's town in present day and there is no sign of bill or frank Ellie finds a letter left for Joel detailing what they decided to do and why surviving for others, for family, is everything. Mm. Uh, what do you reckon about the little letter to, to Joel? bit rude of her to open it. I mean, I know it says <laughs> yeah. whomever or yeah. Joel, but Joel's name's on there. No, mm. I thought it was also very rude, Gaz, and it would have annoyed me. But Joel just rolls with it, so fair play to him. Um, it's their job to protect people. It says in there, like Bill talking to Joel. Is, is that a bit shit, that line? I like the line where he's like, and God help any motherfuckers that get in our way. That was a great line. Um, uh, see, I I actually, I don't like that line. That reminds me of people, you know, like on social media that are like, I just, I love my family and <laughs> won't. <laughs> let anything get in my way you know people on facebook who are writing that yeah when you get like a five foot four fat woman that's like wow if that seven foot you know ufc fighter was to say that to my face or my daughter i'd have killed him so uh, you wouldn't have he's the fat little woman (laughs) i just say what i feel um but (laughs) um not having a go this woman doesn't exist um yeah fictional yeah i agree with gaz i didn't i mean that's yeah needless but i don't know the character that well so who knows he then leaves all of his supplies for them and joel makes a makeshift battery for the car they both get to shower eat some nice food and stock up on anything they need yeah Uh, what's the obsession with people having showers oh it's fucking what a luxury 20 years in mate Mm. do you know what i was thinking earlier in the episode is like how long they've been wearing the same pair of jeans. Like, <laughs> don't you think after a day of wearing jeans, I'm like, fuck me, I need to get these off. Like, just they're uncomfortable. Do you not take them off when um, you go to bed? Going... <laughs> Are you supposed to? <laughs> Are they wearing pants? Are they wearing uh... underwear? That's my question for you. What? Well, I hope so. Oh, you can't. You can't go no underwear jeans. <laughs> yeah, who does that? Goes commander with jeans. There's more friction there than a. a Bill and Frank kiss. Well, there you go, yeah. Velcro. Well, I thought as they leave and they set off in the car and they obviously put the tape in listening to Linda Rodstadt, um, we pull back to Bill and Frank's open window and I thought it was pretty powerful, to be honest with you. Mm. A lovely end to the episode. Yeah. Yep. A reminder that it's open so that the smell doesn't get too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful. Imagine if there was like a fly buzzing around, a few flies, and imagine if it's a dead corpse. Um, and then they drive off in their spaceship, don't they? That was quite. That was quite <laughs> yeah, good. in a spaceship. Put your seatbelt on. Ooh, what is what? this? <laughs> That's obvious, isn't it? Just does it go on. on? Does it go on head? <laughs> no. Why are you talking like that? Yeah. Do I eat this? Uh, no. You know what materials are? I don't understand. It wouldn't be the, but it also, wouldn't be that much of a foreign concept. It's a mirror, isn't it? You've seen a mirror before. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah <that> <laughs> Yes, well, that brings us to the end of the episode. But don't worry, dear listeners. Uh, it's time for the best segment of the show, in a way. It's time for Click a Corner. Hello, yes, welcome to Click a Corner. Um, this is the section where we run through all of the delicious Easter eggs from the video game or any tenuous links that I think I can find. Straight to tenuous. Uh, but yeah. I think, first of all... Uh, let's run through all the ways in which this episode differs from the game. So firstly, 
Bill and Frank have a big argument in the game that we as never as players never see. In fact, the only time you see Frank is a horrible discovery, actually, which I'll get onto. But Joel <laughs> doesn't even know who Frank is. In fact, he's never been out to Bill's town before personally in the game, right? So this is all a new experience for Joel. Um, you later find Frank ha- is hung himself basically at the end of the Bill's town chapter. Uh, and he's left a hateful note to Bill that says the following. He's got it on his phone. <laughs> I- I'd have thought I'd have thought that the world's biggest Last of Us fan would know this off by heart. Yeah, well, yeah. There you go. Uh, so the letters in the show and the game obviously drastically different. This is Frank's letter to Bill. Well, Bill, I doubt you ever find this note because you were too scared to ever make it to this part of town. But if for some reason you did, I want you to know I hated your guts. I grew tired of the shitty town, of your set-in-your-own-ways attitude. I wanted more from life, and you could never get that. And that stupid battery you kept moaning about. Yeah, I got it. But I guess you were right. Trying to leave this town will kill me. Still better than spending another day with you. Good luck, Frank. Yeah, that's too much, isn't it? I yeah, think, I think a wise, wise choice from the showrunners. I think a wise choice to change direction, and I think it worked fantastically in the show. And like I said to you in a hot take, Gareth, it just wouldn't worked in the game, uh, in the show, the way they did it in the game. I just don't think it would have worked. Um, so that's the, the main change, and obviously a huge change for those characters, even though uh, the fact that Bill and Frank are, were you know romantically involved is heavily hinted at in the game and pretty much confirmed that that is the case in the game. Uh, you just never see much of Frank. And obviously their relationship ended on a much more sour and horrible note. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about the uh, arcade machine. So Ellie referencing the arcade machine. She does the exact same thing in the game. Uh, But what's cool here is they used Mortal Kombat. Now, in the game, she references a made-up game. uh, And you'll like the the sound of this game, Gareth. You like your retro games. This game in in Last of Us is called The Turning. Yeah. Mm. And uh, there's a character in there called Angel Knives that has a similar fatality move to that of Marlena, which is who Ellie was referencing from Mortal Kombat. So Mm. um, I thought that was quite cool that they actually, I think Warner Brothers owns HBO, Warner Brothers owns Mortal Kombat. So they could obviously use Mortal Kombat as a reference here. That's great. That is good. Um, How frustrating, though. Like, think about the number of arcade machines that are just lying dormant, yep. unplayed. Yeah. Um, mm. Think of how it. many we could have put in a garage or garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it to um, get it to Billstown and yeah. then you can play. Hook her up, baby. Um, I've put Ellie finding boxes of supplies. She did find feminine supplies. Um, I've put that's kind of like the game, except obviously, you know, in the game, you just find little boxes, rolls of tape, you know, that the scavenging part is huge in the game. Um, Bill's traps, a huge part of the game as you play through that section, avoiding those traps and using them to your advantage is key in taking down hordes of infected. Yeah. Trip wires, all that sort of shit. Uh, That's actually where you learn to make spike bombs. Yeah, mm. so <laughs> okay. just thought you'd like that as a little tidbit. Uh, Bill looks just like he does in the game. He has his trademark weapons. He's got his shotgun, rifle, the gas mask, and we even see his machete in his little um, bunker, which I thought was quite fun. Mm. There's also a workbench in Bill's bunker, and anyone who's played the game knows that you use workbenches for upgrading guns um, and in the latest remake and in part two, uh, they're much cooler that the animations are they actually take apart certain sections of the guns and rebuild them. <laughs> it's very cool. Check it out. Uh, it's very nerd. nerdy stuff if you're into your guns. <laughs> if you're into your guns, nerd. It's some That good would have been good. Uh, like if when they were down there, like Joel just said, Oh, I might upgrade my gun on that thing later. Might have been Yeah, and then he says, Have you got enough parts to do that? And it goes, You are a ten part shirt. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> and that voice come from collect three yeah. wood yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um joel's speech to ellie after they find bill's letter is exactly the same from the game pretty much uh what you say goes um i really like that speech ellie and joel donned their iconic clothes 
especially Ellie in her iconic red T-shirt. Exactly the same with the game. They are ready for the adventure now, aren't they, Gareth? They are ready. They are. It's now. They have now entered video game mode. <laughs> um, would you like to play again? Uh, no. Anyway, the <laughs> end. Older. The end shot of the window is pretty iconic in both Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two. I won't say much more on Last of Us Part Two, but I will say that in Last of Us Part One. The window, uh, an open window, is the menu screen. And we also see it, obviously, at the start of the 2003 outbreak with Sarah's window. Uh, the use of open windows is very effectively used in, in a big narrative sort of little symbolic thing in both of the games. So ending on that shot, I thought, was quite powerful. And a little nod to anyone who does, obviously, know the game. And that's the end of Clicker Corner. This week, I thought there's some quite good, fun things in there. Do you, do you like that one, boys? Do you like yep. that one? Yeah, yeah. It was fun. Better than better than Bloody the ones where it. you're like. Now, at one point, um, the the sun appeared from behind a cloud, <laughs> and the sun does make an appearance in the game, um, yep. briefly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Tenuous. <laughs> Yeah. tenuous all right let's move on to some listener feedback we are running a bit long let's let's just get a few of these in there yeah uh and you can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com that's fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com or get in touch with us on one of our social channels patreon whatever uh if we have time each week we will have a short feedback section uh this one i did i did promise i would save this is sevens uh note right yeah john patreon take it off uh yeah john get ready to take your t-shirt off they said love your last of us coverage and recently had my mind blown when you pointed out that joel and his daughter continuously turned down flower-based foods on infection day hell yeah that's cool that being said i was horrified to receive an email after subscribing to the patreon containing the phase five blueberries for you i thought this was funny uh you don't know anything about me i could be awful am i to understand you're willing to sell five blue ratings <laughs> sight unseen for a measly five dollars christ you're like the dollar store vatican how deep does this go fuck off yeah <laughs> well i will say this len's giving five blueberries to everything and everyone yeah, so don't true. feel special yeah yeah Good point. I actually said, John, that you'd do anything for $5, so get your mm. fucking top off. Yeah, yeah. All right? Yeah. Um, they say, in lieu of a shout-out, could you just say, guilty, guilty, guilty again? <laughs> because somehow that's still funny every time. So I think we owe him uh, guilty, 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 guilty. Yeah. Imagine, I mean, uh, that is a... people that haven't listened to that coverage are going to be like, what the fuck? Yes, mm. that is a throwback to our pig court watchman cut so if you want to understand that joke go and watch all of watchmen and listen, <laughs> and listen to, to all of podcast. our podcasts on it yeah 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 watchman watchers fucking fantastic um yes thank you very much mate um we appreciate the support mate, and yeah, uh, I, hope that, <laughs> I hope that guilty uh was good enough for you i really do um next up we have Brittany, who says hi guys love the pod uh, just to say, did you spot Neil Druckmann as one of the infected in last week's episode? I'm pretty sure it was him. Keep up the good work. Five bloobs all round. Why didn't um, you pick up on that, Len? Well, That's... listen, 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 listen. Hack. I thought it was Neil Druckmann. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck oh, yeah. off. I just didn't want to say anything at the time. Oh, listen, listen, you're never going to believe me, right? But I'm no. telling you now, <laughs> I was like, is that Neil Druckmann? when I watched the episode and then I was like I can't be 100% sure so I'm not going to say something unless I'm sure and I couldn't find anything you're not even going to attempt to look it up he's just going to go I did look it up I tried Mm -hmm. to look it up but we did such a quick record last week I couldn't (laughs) confirm it okay but yes I think it was Brittany so yeah anyway look you know it's a lot of work that goes into this Jesus man I was going to do it alright so just Mm. fucking hell get off my back guys anyway (laughs) Anyway, that's all we have time for because we have run very long. Uh, please do email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. Um, leave us a review. That would be amazing. 
reviews are great. Uh, help us in the old algorithms. Yeah, we love the algorithms, don't we? In a way, we hate the algorithms. But if you could leave us a review, it helps us in those times. So please do. iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Leave us a review wherever you listen. Um, notes to everything. Yeah, social channels, all that jazz, email, Patreon is in the show notes. Just scroll down. If you literally click on it, it will take you to that page. Easy. One <laughs> click. You can do it. I believe in you. Um, and that is clicks? a wrap. Just one, Gareth. Just one. That's so easy in today's world. We're always trying to make the user journey as simple as possible. Yeah? Okay. But look, I mean, you make it if, you have, if you've it. already subscribed, you know, your job now is to, when you go to work or when you're talking to your friends and you're like, oh, you've seen that Last of Us? And they say no. Then you go, all right, well, watch The Last of Us and now listen to this podcast. That's your job. Spread Damn the straight. word. The gospel. Spread the word the gospel in a way john you're right it is a gospel um and that was a fantastic episode of television and i want to thank uh my fellow survivors john thank you and gareth uh for being here to discuss what was an excellent and if not one of the best episodes of tv we have seen in recent years uh i agree with you gareth it's up there for me as well and john bloody loved it as well which is lovely Mm. five bloobs all round uh next week we will be back covering episode four in our usual format the hot take and the deep dive until then remember endure and survive Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.